Redeeming Valley family. It's so good to be here with you today and with all those who are watching online. I am humbled and honored to be able to have the opportunity to bring God's word to you today. So welcome to message number four and the conclusion of our Fresh Air series. We've described fresh air as the intangible force that revives the soul. And I think if we pause for a moment, we could all think of an area of our life that might need reviving or refreshing. Don't you agree? Maybe in your marriage or singleness or children or your health, we could all use some fresh air. In the first week of our series, Pastor Randy laid the foundation for this series with the fresh air principle of falling in love with Jesus. Everything is built on that foundation. And in week two, Dr. Greg provided us with some practical application with our fresh air principle to choose a Christ-like attitude. And in week three, we were reminded to rest, to take a Sabbath rest. And that was a really good series, a really good message, and I found that challenging myself. And I encourage you, if you've missed any of these practical messages, to listen to them online. So today, we're going to be talking about the source of our fresh air, and that is the Holy Spirit. But first, let me tell you a story. This was about a year ago <laughs> when my refrigerator stopped working. We checked that it was plugged in. We checked the outlet for power. We made sure that the refrigerator was closing properly because, you know, with kids, sometimes they don't close the door all the way. We checked that all those things were done, but it still wasn't getting cool. So we had a repairman come. And the repairman came, and he started working on the refrigerator. And in all about 10 minutes, he said, hey, I'm done. <laughs> and so I said, that was quick. What was wrong with it? And he said, well, it wasn't on. <laughs> And I said, what do you mean it wasn't on? It was plugged in. And he said, yes, it was connected to the source, but it didn't have any power because the switch was turned off. And our dial, in our defense, was behind the ice maker, and so we didn't even know that it was there. But you know, it made me think of us as believers, that we have Jesus Christ, if we know Jesus Christ, then we have the Holy Spirit, and he is the source of our fresh air. And although we may be plugged into the source of fresh air, if we have the dial turned down or turned off because we don't really understand the Holy Spirit or the power that he has in our lives, then he won't have the access to our lives that will help us to consistently have the fresh air that we want to experience. So here's the dilemma. A lot of people are comfortable with God the Father. We all have fathers, we know what a father is. And some of us are comfortable with Jesus and the relationship with the Son of Jesus, the Son, Jesus Christ. We've seen him on TV, we feel like we know Jesus. But what's up with the Holy Spirit? Or even worse, if I say the Holy Ghost. You see, it's a little tricky for us sometimes because in the original manuscripts, the same word in both Hebrew and Greek, well, Hebrew is ruach and Greek pneuma, can either mean wind, spirit, or breath, depending upon the context. And so wind would seem to be the most obvious comparison to the Holy Spirit. So wind or breath speaks of life. The Holy Spirit is compared to many things, including wind. The first time we see the word spirit or wind or breath is in Genesis 1-2, and it says this. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Spirit of God, or the wind referred to here, is the same wind that created heaven, the heavens and the earth, and it's the same 
wind that can breathe life into us when we are in those stuck places and we need a reviving of our soul. You see, we weren't meant to live this life without the Holy Spirit. In John 6, 63, it says, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. So our efforts trying to get unstuck on our own count for nothing. It's the word and the wind of the Holy Spirit that breathes life to us. The source of fresh air is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And my hope today in our time together is that we can see the importance of our relationship with the Holy Spirit and how he empowers us to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. I hope that these insights will propel us into a deeper, more meaningful relationship with him. The Holy Spirit is often described as wind. So if I were to describe the wind, I'd probably do it with these three characteristics that might help us to better understand the Holy Spirit. And the first one is wind is unseen. If you go outside, you can't point to it. Wind doesn't have a color. You can see its effects. You can even feel it, but wind is unseen. The same way with the Holy Spirit, we can't see him. And that's a problem for some of us because we've set as our filter for everything that we receive from God that it has to be something that we understand, something that we see or something that we can get. But the truth is that God didn't intend for us to just be able to get it all logically. For you to be able to process it maybe just through your eyes and through your own mind, he's always intended us for us to experience him and to feel him. I remember one Sunday sitting behind a woman in the back of the church who was visiting our church. And almost the entire time, she just kept wiping her eyes. And after the service, my niece who was sitting with me, she asked, are you okay? And the woman said, I don't know what's the matter with me. I know I'm not sad, but I just started crying from the moment that I came in and I just couldn't stop. You see, there's nothing like the manifest presence of God. Sometimes you just can't explain it but you know it when you've experienced it. This is Jesus' response to doubting Thomas. He said in John chapter 20, 29, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you've believed. Blessed are those who have not yet believed, have not yet seen, and yet have believed. So if we want the best of God, we have to realize that part of his nature is unseen. Wind is also unpredictable. It blows, it can change direction, we do not understand where it comes from or where it goes. Recently, my family and I were sitting out on our deck and we had a fire going in our fire pit. And periodically, we'd have to get up and change seats because the wind just kept changing direction. It was a windy day and the smoke was now blowing at us and we never knew where we were gonna be able to sit and how long we were gonna be able to sit there because how the wind was blowing. And Jesus says in John chapter, 30, John chapter 3, verse eight, Jesus answered and said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You see, the Spirit of God also works in us in unpredictable ways. Jesus was saying that, if you, have, that you have to get comfortable with the fact that you can't pin him down, that he might not have the same way of doing things every time. And if we have it all figured out, what happens is we begin to trust our own system. We like things to be predictable, and that's natural for us. That's our nature. But if things are predictable, then we can also be in control. And if there's a formula of how the Holy Spirit is going to work, then we tend to, if you're like me, you're going to run ahead of him because you know where he's going, and you're, I'll do it. I can get it. I can do it. 
And you know that's probably not just me. I know that's some of you too. But sometimes God doesn't choose to work in the way we think. I don't know if you've ever prayed and asked for an answer for prayer and it didn't exactly come the way you expected. I want to tell you, um, a few weeks ago on a Saturday morning, Aaron and I were here leading Saturday morning prayer. And for those of you who don't know, um, Saturday morning prayer happens here every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. And there's a schedule that we follow, um, and it's pretty predictable. We start with a devotional or a prayer focus, and then we have individual prayer and then corporate prayer before we dismiss. And this particular Sunday, Aaron was leading morning devotion, and he spoke about faith. And part of what he said when he was talking about faith in his talk was that he mentioned that he was not working, but that he has experienced that in times past, and that his faith and trust in God um, was there, and it was helping him to feel confident that God would provide for him in the future. And unbeknownst to him that morning, I was sitting here too, as we were leading together, but I was feeling a bit discouraged about the job situation, but as he expressed his faith and confidence in God, that really encouraged me. After the devotional was over and we went from our devotional time to our individual time, we had our time of prayer, and then we came back to our corporate time of prayer. And something special began to happen. Just before Aaron and I began corporate prayer, I noticed a sister standing here to my left, and she was wearing her shirt that said faith in big, bold letters, like she had a billboard on. <laughs> and I, had, I looked at her, and I saw that shirt, and I said, hey, that is so cool that this morning our prayer focus was on faith, and here you are wearing this T-shirt that's like big as life saying faith on it. And it was just such a confirmation and encouragement to us that we can trust God and just have faith that he is going to do what he says he's going to do, and he's going to provide the way he says he's going to. And we went ahead and started our, our, our time of corporate prayer. And as soon as it was over, one of the ladies that was standing directly in front of the, of the stage, right in front of me, said, can we pray for Aaron? Could we, just, could we just all pray for him before we go? And I thought to myself, sure, that was pretty cool. So we all started, um, it was cool how everybody just unanimously wanted to pray. And they raised their hands towards us and they prayed for us. And as soon as that was done and she was finished, someone else that was standing out front, he said, you know what, when we were in individual, when we were in our time of individual prayer, I asked God to give me a word for you. And he said to him, this is the word that he gave me. And it was from Isaiah 40, 31. And it says this, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And he said, you're not going to be wary, Aaron. Of course, it was me that was the wary one. But <laughs> he was telling him, and you know, by way of, it's we're husband and wife. I felt like it was for me too. But he said, have you ever seen an eagle soar? You're going to soar like that. And I know this was for Aaron, but we were both so encouraged by what was said. And we came off the stage and kind of came down. And before we even got out of the aisles to, to leave, we were probably about in the second aisle, one of the ladies that was standing there stopped us and she said, you know what, it's good that you, it's good that you lost that job. It's okay because God has something better for you. And I kind of smiled to her, you know, kind of smiled a little bit. And she said, no, it's good. God has something better for you. And it was just like, wow, just such encouragement. It was coming from one place or another. It was just unpredictable. It was not anything that we were expecting. And as soon as we left her and we were continuing down the aisle, the lady that had the shirt on that said faith, she met us. And she said, you know what? I just got to tell you something funny. She said, I wasn't going to wear this T-shirt today. I was going to wear a different T-shirt. And I couldn't find it. And I decided, you know what? I need to wear that shirt that says faith. And she put it on. 
And she said, I hate to tell you, but I took it out of the laundry basket. <laughs> and so we just kind of had a good laugh. And it was just such a, an awesome time that we were able to be here. And we were just so encouraged by the things that were happening. And I just want to say this. I tell you that story because the Holy Spirit was at work, not just in us, but in our church, in a way that we could not have predicted. He breathes life into us as individuals, but not just for our good, but also for his glory. And he gives life and he shows goodness to us so that we can show life and goodness to others. It should spill out and over onto other people. When God is moving, lives are changed. And this is the way that he showed up that Saturday. I know it was him because the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there he is in the midst. It's not just unique. There were also other people there. And there are lots of people that come on Saturday morning, lots of people that come here to Valley. And we hear testimonies of people being healed and, and lives being changed and marriages being restored. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit that is moving at work, not just in the lives of individuals, but in the lives of our church. He's unpredictable. You never know how the Holy Spirit will show up. Wind is also powerful. It can generate energy. It can blow a ship. It can destroy a city. It has incredible power to do good or to do damage. And at times, it's a fresh breeze that blows us at the end of a very hot day, and sometimes it's a gusty, devastating wind. The God that you and I serve is a powerful God. I have no interest in serving a God, a powerless God. I have no interest in only talking about how he showed up in the past. I believe that he still wants to work in our lives today with the full power that we've seen in Scripture. And he still has the power to change our lives today. We won't always know that power if the litmus test for God is based on what we think. Because if so, God can only be as big as our minds can comprehend. And I don't need a God like that. Acts chapter, two, Acts chapter 1 verses 5 through 8 says this. For John baptized with water. But in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord... Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And then it continues. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, we need the Holy Spirit. We weren't designed to live this life alone or this life without him. Life can be hard. Zechariah 4, 6 says this, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is dry. It's monotonous and mundane. Without the Holy Spirit, our labor is wearying and, is wearying and draining. Do you ever feel drained? Do you feel weary sometimes? Is the Holy Spirit empowering you? Is he that fresh wind that's blowing across you so that you can have that life that you need? Without the Holy Spirit, there is no fellowship with God. So if we're going to experience fresh air, there are some ways that we can apply this to our lives. If we look, if we look at Romans 8:11, it says this, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. My hope is that we will know that he is the only source of fresh air. Don't stop at being saved. The Holy Spirit is here to help us to enjoy a full, rich, and abundant life. That's not just the plan for eternity, 
That's the plan for here and for now. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So number one, this is one of the ways that we can practically apply it to our life, and it's this, let go of your fears and misperceptions. I don't know why, but I used to always think that if I surrendered to God, that he was going to send me off to some far-off country that I didn't want to go to and be a missionary. And I don't know why <laughs> I was always thinking that he was going to call me to do something that I wouldn't want to do. But we don't have to fear that because whatever God calls us to, whatever he asks us for, he will equip us to do. We can be confident that the Holy Spirit will be with us. And this is what we need to do. We need to seek the Lord and let him show, him, let him show us himself. Psalms 34, 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. So let go of your fears. Let go of your mis misperceptions and seek God. Whatever is standing in your way of allowing him to have complete access, let it go. And number two is go all in. You can't do it halfway. You need to surrender to God. It's not just about having more of him. It's him having all of me. Expect the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our church. Expect that he will speak to us through his word and that he'll guide us into truth. Expect that he will bring healing and he'll bring salvation and restore our marriages and to um, go after our loved ones who don't know him. Go all in and expect him to be the fresh wind in your life. The presence and the power of God is here through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's in the church and he's in us as his children. You know, this week, if you looked at the headlines or the news at any point, you would have seen the terrible situation that happened in Texas with those children that were killed in the school and the, uh, the adults that were with them. And as I was praying for those people and feeling like, God, what can we do? What can I do? And uh, he just helped me to see going all in is expecting that when we pray or when we talk to him or when we bring people before him, that he's at work. You see, the Holy Spirit is active. He's alive. He's with us. And the cool thing about this is this. Jesus said that he had to go because when he went, that the Holy Spirit would come and he'd be our comforter. He'd be the one that would be with us. See, when Jesus was on earth, he'd, he, he confined himself to his humanity and and, and stayed in about a 300-mile radius. But with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with us, and he's with those people. And he's with you, and he's with me, and he's with everybody that knows him and loves him. And you know what? We might not be able to be there with them, but we can ask God to be. We can ask God to come alongside the church that's there, that they would be the church, and the people that know him would come along and be those people that would help bring life and comfort and healing and hope in a place that needs hope. You know, we started out asking, do you need a fresh wind? All you have to do is look at the newspaper. We all need a fresh wind. We need our souls revived. And that comes through going all in and being part of the family of God that Jesus has called us to be and allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do. So go all in. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. You won't find him if you don't seek him with all. So surrender to God and not just ask him for more of him, but give him more of you. And finally, number three, it says develop an intimate friendship with him. Don't be willing to do life without God. 
Think of him as the air that you breathe. He is necessary for full life. You know, as you get out of bed in, your mor- in the morning and you take that first breath, breathe him in. Say, God, I don't want to get out of this bed without you. Holy Spirit, I don't want to do this day without you. I want you to be with me and I want to surrender to you. I don't know if you rem- um, you'll remember, but this is a song, I'm probably dating myself here with this, but it used to say, this is the air that I breathe. And I'll do you the favor of not singing it for you, but it says, the holy, his holy presence living in me and I'm desperate for you. You are the air that I breathe. And that's how we have to come before him. We need to be desperate for him. We need to be desperate for that intimate friendship with him. And he won't withhold that from us. He says if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. He wants to be with us. And he wants us to allow him to be that power in our life, that ruach, that wind that blows and changes things and heals and sets us free. He wants us to have that freedom, to have that full and abundant life that only he can give. John 14, 6 says this, he will never leave or forsake us. He will be with us forever. The Holy Spirit, I I, I heard this one said and I love it. I think it's really pretty cool. It says the Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. And that's what we need in our life, Jesus unlimited. The Holy Spirit is permanently called closely alongside each of us to provide coaching, direction, instruction, and counsel in our life journey. He's God's gift to help us be successful in this life. And we can do this by spending time reading and worshiping and praying to him. You know, I was thinking about my children and, and I know that, you know, I love them and they're, they are, um, they're who God has called me to, to pray for them daily and to pour into them and to walk beside them and to love them and to serve them in that way. And I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about our Father God and how much more he loves us and how much more he's committed to us than I can even be committed to my kids. And I know how much that means to me and I know how much more that our Heavenly Father is there. He has sent the Holy Spirit to guide us and to walk with us through this life and into eternity. So 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen says this, and it's an awesome benediction. It says, the amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Spirit be with you all. Don't you want that? Don't you want the amazing grace of the Master Jesus Christ? Don't you want the extravagant love of God to be in your life? Don't you want that intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit who's with you and he knows you, he knows your ins and your outs, he knew you before you were even formed. Don't you want that relationship? And we can have that in Jesus when we open our hearts Don't just be plugged into the source like my refrigerator was. Make sure it's turned on. Make sure it's dialed up. Make sure that you're allowing God to have that access into your life every day. Make sure that you need him more than you need the air that you breathe so that he can fill you and he can help you to walk and have the power that you're meant to have. You know, if I think about the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon the church, some awesome things happened. The Holy Spirit came and the fire came and the wind came and people in the community came. They came to find out what on earth is going on. And you know what? When our lives look like that, we will attract other people to him. You see, the Holy Spirit isn't just for us. It's for others. He wants us to be built up and to be equipped so that we can spread his love to others so that they can know him too. So when we find that intimacy with God, it's for us, but it's also that we can give it to other people. So I want to give you just this one last, oh, it's Isaiah 30, 21 says this, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it.
That's what I want. I want to walk in God's way because when I know that I'm on his path, I know that I can be doing what he's called me to do. Fresh air principle number four, and I'm going to give you the uh, verse first, and it says this from Ephesians 4.30. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. So here's principle number four, fresh air principle number four. Get to know the person of the Holy Spirit. Give him access to your life and receive the fresh air of the Spirit. And you know what? You won't be able to do that unless you know Jesus. And if I can go back to our first um, first message in our series, we started out with knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, getting close to Jesus. If you don't know him, you can't have this fresh air in principle in your li- at work in your life. And so what we want to do is make sure that you know Jesus first and that you've come to ask him to come into your heart and to your life. And if you know him, then you can have the fresh air that he offers to you. And so before I close, I would like us to pray and to ask God to be with us at this time. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for this series, Lord. Thank you for each principle that you've given us of fresh air. God, we don't want to be living in a stuck place. We don't want to be living this life without you. And so, Lord, I pray for those who are listening today that don't know you, God, that they would take the opportunity today to surrender their life and their heart to you. God, that would be the best choice that we could ever make is to ask you to be our Savior and to be our Lord. And for those of, you, those of us who know you already, God, we ask that we would recommit ourselves and rededicate ourselves to opening our hearts to you, Lord, to allowing you to, uh, to check those fears and mis- misperceptions that we have, that, Lord, we would go all in, God, and that we would want and seek an intimate relationship with you where we will find you. God, as we seek you, we know we'll find you if we seek you with our whole hearts. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fall on us, God, that you would anoint us in a way that we will have power not to just have changed lives for ourselves, but that we can offer that to someone else. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. And I thank you that your word never returns to you void. So I ask you, God, that you would accomplish the purpose that you sent it forth to do. Lord, that you'd speak to our minds and hearts and that we'd be changed by this word from this day forth. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.